minus three, two, one. PWC, we are go for launch. This is Launch Hour, the story of PWC's marketing journey, powered by Salesforce, with your hosts, Joel and Mike. All right. Hey, everyone. My name is Joel Caruso. And I'm Mike Wisniewski. Welcome to the first episode of the Launch Hour podcast. I am very, very excited to bring you this. So before we get into uh, our topic of conversation, I think we should do a quick introduction on ourselves. So I'm Joel Caruso. I'm a senior associate in our front office transformation practice at PwC Canada. So that, for those that have never heard the term front office transformation before, that's a combination of our digital and experience consulting team and our Salesforce practice. So I've been in a variety of roles at PwC. I started back in 2012 as a actually an audit student. So I was getting my CPA designation um, and I did that for about five years. And then I moved and began my journey out of audit into an innovation team and learned that I really liked that type of work and, and I enjoyed consulting and found um, my home here in the front office transformation team after a few years of trying out some different types of consulting. So now I focus on large scale digital transformation and digital enablement, which is a big part of the story that we're here to talk to you about today. It is. And for everyone out there, no offense to CPAs, but the bottom line is Joel's way too cool to be a CPA. Digital experience is much more fitting. Um, this is Mike Wisniewski. I'm a solution architect at Salesforce. I manage a group of solution architects. I like to say that I have a PhD in marketing cloud, but I also dabble and have a bachelor's going on a master's in sales and service cloud. So in spite of my password misadventures this afternoon, I'll be helping to give you guys technical context on our project and our platform as we go. And with that, Joel, I think you were going to jump a little bit into the project and then I'll talk a little bit about our product and we can go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So Mike uh, alluded to it a little bit there, but the reason that we're coming to you today and, and talking on this podcast is is really around the PwC Global Marketing Cloud project. So we began this um, back in, in late 2019 and it's a joint project between PwC and Salesforce and it's all around the continuation of our marketing cloud rollout across the world. I think before we kind of get into it, I, I know some people who are listening aren't sure what marketing cloud is. So Mike, if you want to give a brief background being the, the PhD that you are, I'll, I'll let you do that. <laughs> yeah, so, so Salesforce's marketing cloud product, Sales Cloud is a CRM or customer relationship management system and service cloud is, of course, as it would suggest, kind of a service slash ticketing system slash call center system. Marketing Cloud, on the other hand, is our digital marketing product that's an omni-channel marketing automation product. For the purposes of the project we did here, and most of our projects heavily focus on the email marketing component, especially in the early stages of rollout. So that's a lot of what we'll talk about here is email marketing and how Marketing Cloud kind of facilitates that. All right, so let's chat a little bit about the vision for the podcast. The reason that we were doing a podcast is, is really Mike came to me, I don't know, probably back in fall of 2020 last year and said, hey, we had something pretty special here for this project that we worked on. And I think we need to tell the story and bring it to life. And, and we weren't really sure what we were gonna do. We, I mean, way back when we were kind of hoping and holding out for a slot at Dreamforce in person, but obviously as, as we know, we, we can't do things like that. So we were trying to figure, okay, what's the best way? And, and Mike and, and Sanaz, who won't be joining us for the podcast, but is a, is a big part of it. She works at Salesforce. Like we're all big podcast fans and, and we thought a podcast would be a great way to 
tell our story and, and be a little bit different. It's it's not a, a webinar and I'm sure everyone's kind of sick of webinars. I think right at the start of the pandemic, we had everybody and their brother um, asking people to sign up for webinars and telling you exactly how you need to do things. So we figured a fun podcast where we're able to kind of riff with each other and, and really talk like we were working on the project that we're going to be speaking about is, is a great way to do it. Yeah. So here's an analogy for you. If you think about a mullet, you, you know, kind of have business in the front and party in the back. Webinar is your business in the front, which is a great part of it. We're the party in the back. So look at us that way, I guess is a good way to say it. But no, in all seriousness, webinars are great. But we uh, our project has been kind of punk rock is the way I like to call it. And I think um, doing things a little bit different and letting our hair down a little bit and doing a punk rock counterpoint to a webinar here with a podcast is a great way to take advantage of the medium. So buckle in. That's that's great, Mike. I, and ironically that we're talking about hair, I think is one of the, I mean, luckily for a lot of people, that's one of their biggest concerns right now. And, and I'm glad that we're doing a podcast because I haven't had a haircut in probably two months and I usually go every three weeks. So a podcast is, is a great way to deliver on this topic. I think first, uh, Mike, you should probably set the stage for the project before we get into discussing the interview. Right. So the first three territories in PwC's network to adopt Marketing Cloud in the Global Org were the United Kingdom, Canada, and the United States. Those are three of PwC's larger territories. So as you might expect, they all had fairly custom approaches to how to adopt Marketing Cloud. And shout out to Canada that in particular, in all three cases, that benefited us as we were able to borrow from their learnings and borrow from their code bases. But with that said, the rollouts were somewhat time consuming. And the challenge was how do we figure out a way to roll out Marketing Cloud to some of PwC's smaller firms that may not have as much talent with Marketing Cloud in network? And also how to roll out quicker knowing that PwC has a vast network of firms and we really needed to scale quicker. So enter Christine Robertson. Yeah, I think it's it's good to mention Christine Robertson here. So Christine's a partner in our practice and you'll probably hear us referring to her many times throughout the few episodes that we have. And then at some point in time, we will actually talk to her. But her mandate from the beginning was to really figure out, like Mike said, is how can we make this process repeatable? And at the time, the teams that had done the Canada and the US implementations weren't available and we needed to move quickly as a lot of the territories that we were gonna be working with had already purchased licenses for Marketing Cloud and were kind of sitting there with their hands in their lap being like, okay, we, we wanna get going. So really our next step was, okay, how can we move quickly on this? And, and Christine has a great relationship with Salesforce and, and we use them for a lot of things. So we involved the Salesforce professional services team to join forces with our team, myself and Nicole who will be chatting to a little bit later. And we then figured out, okay, what, what are we going to do? We had a couple meetings early in the project around, I think it was December of 2019 and January to really come up with, okay, what's our approach and, and what's the MVP? Yeah, an MVP or minimal viable product is a little bit misleading in this case. When we talk about MVP here, we're really talking about just the starting point or the startup package, as I've called it, that's needed to go live. And then you can incrementally build upon that from a marketing standpoint. And another member of the team was Anthony, who you'll hear us talk about from time to time. And when we were establishing the MVP in our statement of work, there was a piece of work called the email design system that we realized had already been handled as part of the UK rollout. So we were so meticulous about the MVP that we got caught discussing how we would replace that item with something 
something else. And Anthony kept impressing upon me different options. Could we implement this? And I said, well, if we spec it out, maybe. And then Anthony said, well, what if we implement this? And it would be the same answer. And so we got caught for the techies out there. They'll appreciate this in a little bit of an infinite loop. <laughs> I think that's a great way of putting it, Mike. And and it's funny because we've we've told stories and, and posted articles about the success of this program, but it really began in those first meetings where we were butting heads with one another and having some pretty colorful discussions. So our good friend Tony, we pick on him about this moment and it's kind of become a bit of a, an inside joke, but what it really did was set the stage and, and get the teams rolling and, and in a bit of a rhythm to figure out, okay, what are we gonna do next? So we had mentioned there was a number of territories that we were working with. That was the Middle East, Sweden and Ireland, and we we were hosting meetings at the Salesforce office in London for them, I think in, in late January. And then for Train2, which was the Australia and New Zealand firms that we were going to be traveling to Melbourne later on. So I think it's important to kind of note where we are right now. We're going to be chatting with Nicole Wires in a bit about a lot of this. And, and we really wanted you to understand exactly, OK, this is where they were in the project. They were storming, maybe norming. And um, I don't know, maybe we're a little far away from, from norming, but uh, we, we were getting somewhere. So I think now let's hand it over to Nicole and, and uh, we'll chat with her a little bit about her thoughts on the project. So Nicole and I have worked together for, I think it's only been a couple of years, but it feels like a lot longer in a good way, in a good way. Don't worry, Nicole. So Nicole Wires um, joined uh, PwC in 2012, and, and she's now a director in our front office transformation team. So the same team as me. Um, she joined our project uh, at the same time I did, and this project is actually her second global tour with PwC. So she was very involved in the Salesforce sales cloud implementation. So without further ado, um, Nicole, welcome to Launch Hour. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, this is exciting. So we mentioned uh, earlier off recording that we had already told our fun story about our good friend Tony and talking about the initial start of the project when we met the Salesforce team for the first time. But what I really want to get into is kind of that that start before we even really knew what we were doing, before we had signed with the Salesforce team, before we had them coming in. I think it was around October, maybe a bit earlier, where we were kind of scrambling. And I, I want you to kind of take us back to September 2019, October 2019, as you were trying to put together the team that was going to lead this global project. Yeah. Well, it seems like uh, it was eons ago. And uh, thinking back to even the world in September of 2019. Um, but yeah, so, you know, Christine Robertson, the partner leading this journey, her and I had worked together on the Salesforce implementation for the CRM. And I had returned back after a year working on global into the market and was doing some client work. And Christine was working with me on some clients. And she pulled me into her office and she said, we've got to fix this marketing cloud journey. And uh, we have several territories that we have lined up that have purchased marketing cloud, have business units. They're live. They think they're live, but they have nothing in their business units and they're raring to go. And it really was, you know, a matter of urgency. And so very quickly, you know, we started whiteboarding, trying to think, how were we going to get this ball rolling? We needed to form the team. We needed to learn how we were going to work with Salesforce, which was new because with CRM, we used our own PwC implementation team. And so Salesforce was a a partner and uh, and it, this was going to be a new dynamic relationship. So yeah, I knew a guy that was on the bench and looking for an opportunity named Joel Caruso. <laughs> and he came our, 
our nightingale and I pulled him in into the the fun. So we started, you know, forming and storming right away. I mean, we had to get going. And one of the first things was establishing the team and who were going to be the key players on the bus. So that's kind of how it all started. It was a big bang. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way of putting it. You mentioned you were a part of the sales cloud implementation as well. Was there was there a, a big difference between that and this? Or I mean, we we kept hearing, hey, make it like sales cloud. The sales cloud was successful. Let's do it like that. So what can you draw from from your other experiences? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that are very similar to the sales cloud implementation and things that are drastically different. So it was like we needed to it was like make it the same, but different. It's different, but make it the same. And it was a, it was hard to strike the balance of that, right? When we say make it the same, it was about how we went about the journey. For us at PwC, our journey with Salesforce and our, you know, what we ironically call Vision 2020, you know, it wasn't about technology. It was about digitally enabling our people. It was about servicing our clients better, faster, smarter. It was about moving to, you know, this new way of working and, and really enabling and empowering our staff and partners so that they could provide the best client experience. So those principles from CRM in this, the CRM implementation held true. It was always about our, you know, our staff and our and our partners and 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 it was just the continuation of the journey of, you know, we have Salesforce and CRM, we have all of our clients and contacts. We're running, you know, meetings from dashboards and doing strategic planning on accounts. Next step in that evolution is marketing cloud, putting them into campaigns, seeing how those campaigns are, you know, playing out, putting that uh, feedback into the CRM so that the partners can see, you know, your your client attended this event or they clicked on this webinar, reach out and uh, and say hello and see if they're interested. Like it was all about continuing that journey. But also what we didn't realize is marketing cloud is tough. It's very technical and the learning curve is very steep. And we, we learned that firsthand because, you know, just because you know CRM and you know Salesforce does not mean you understand marketing cloud. And we also, when we thought about how we were gonna go through the transformation, we had to upscale our marketers to be digitally savvy. Uh, we we created a new persona, you know, and the digital marketer, and they needed to learn the technology. And it, and it was a it was a upskilling and focused on how we were going to kind of transform marketing at PwC and, and the skills that those people needed in that new world and the new marketing team. So same but different. Yeah. So Nicole, this is Mike. Um, to, to drill into digital enablement a little bit, I know you've become over the course of the sales cloud enablement efforts across all the territories and more recently with marketing cloud, you've become an expert on that. What are some of the key learnings that have held true to you in both some of the key principles that apply in terms of how you actually enable people? And feel free to, to talk a little bit about some of the learnings that we kind of had to improvise with COVID and you know having to do everything remotely. Oh my gosh, COVID. Yeah, we didn't even we hadn't even considered that. Um, yeah, so one of the things that we always we have a you know kind of a simple framework that we use, which is around creating a movement, making making people care, and then helping them learn or or enabling them. So that was you know that was the same framework that we followed for marketing cloud. So we needed to get the marketing uh, teams excited and create that movement we needed to focus on you know what is our north star what is our battle cry what is the vision uh, for marketing transformation and what does that look like for pwc um 
And we're a large organization with, you know, a network of territories and cultural changes and challenges. Um, so it was, we needed to have that one alignment and create that movement and get everyone excited. Um, you'll talk to Calvin next, which is one of my favorite characters in the, in the story. Uh, he's was one of our leads for the Australia implementation. And he said it best. He said, it's not a migration because a lot of marketing, uh, teams and, you know, the territories already had some sophisticated marketing practices. And some of them were literally running them from Excel Rolodexes. I mean, it was crazy. And some of them really had, you know, great platforms in place and practices. And some of the things that they were doing at the time, when we were rolling out what we call MVP, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk more about that, but you know, what is that minimum viable product? We're not going to dump in the most sophisticated functionality at the start. Like that's just not necessary. And that was one of the things we learned from the UK and the US is lessons learned. You don't need everything to start with, but we needed to get them to understand and get excited about the transformation. We are not migrating your marketing practices and what you do today into marketing cloud. It is a transformation. You need new people in your team. You're going to work differently. You're going to think about campaigns differently. You're going to, you know, you're going to look at insights and you're going to make decisions off of insights that come from those campaigns. And that's all going to be fed back into Salesforce and and you're going to work with the business differently. We have some of the brightest and best experts in the field, uh, you know, partners and the practices that they lead and they know their industries and it's marketing was starting to take kind of an order taking relationship where they were, you know, just order takers to the business and we needed to empower them. And insights was one of the main things that they needed. So, you know, we took some of those, you know, conversations and things we knew about marketing transformation at PwC and we built the vision and the strategy to create the movement. And then we needed to personalize it through thinking about the different types of personas, what matters to them, uh, you know, what are we going to tell the, you know, the digital marketer that they need to do that's going to make their job easier? And then we needed to also train them. We needed to make sure that they had the the training that they needed and they felt like they were able to get confidently in the tool because it's pretty intimidating. Yeah, especially when you, to your point, when you package in that it's not just about learning the platform and how to use it, but it's also learning a new way of doing things and operating. And instead of operating asylum, this is where I think you having been on the sales cloud project was really instrumental is, you know, we ended up a lot of our training ended up about back in sales cloud and showing them, Hey, you're not working. You're not to your point. You're not order taking from sales. You're collaborating with sales and you're working more closely with them about how to service clients together, you know, not kind of Mm -hmm. on completely separate paths, doing your own thing. Um, one question I've been dying to ask you over the course of the project, I gave started by giving Christine and eventually gave them to you because I came to learn that you had um, such a pivotal role in putting the team together. Everyone I worked with on the team, on the PwC side, on your team, the squad, um, was... <laughs> squad. exceptional in terms of they were all engaged, enthusiastic, had a tremendous work ethic. And I came to find out that, okay, it's like after two or three, maybe it's an accident after four, five, six, and towards the tail end of the project, even some of the people you were pulling on, it was clear it was no accident. And I came to find out that you had a lot to do with that. Could you talk to me a little bit about just your philosophy when you're staffing a project? And once you've staffed a project, how you kind of build that you know, team camaraderie and that 
attitude and culture of kind of wanting to do well for one another instead of wanting to just do well for yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, uh, thanks. Thanks, Mike. I don't even, <laughs> I didn't even know I got credit for that. Getting disarmed by compliments of this early <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, I, I actually don't know what to say. I've never had anybody say that. No. Uh, I mean, we're laughing, right? Like that's, that's, that's key. We, we have a lot of fun. Um, and we, you know, we have inside jokes and we, uh, we give each other a hard time. And I think the biggest thing is making sure that everyone's respectful and, you know, you never feel like you're going to do wrong. Like we will never let you fall down as one member on the team and you never, you know, we're never going to let you feel like you're alone and, you know, building that team camaraderie, we, you know, we have, we named the team, uh, ironically, the Swamp Squad, which has no significant meaning and it's just an inside joke. Uh, so it was the swamp and and how we, you know, we worked together in this tiny room that was hot and, <laughs> uh, and we, and, and, you know, now I think with COVID, we would give anything to go back in that tiny room and, and be working together and, and trying to hash out things. But we laughed hard. We are all, you know, good people. We, uh, we get to know each other. We share personal, you know, tidbits and things so that you kind of get to know families. And I think it's just making sure that, you know, you care and we're respectful and, uh, and we're just trying to have fun and, and do the right thing. And the other thing about working on global projects is you're working for, you know, your, the company that you work for. And that's, that's a big task. There's a lot of responsibility, but there's a lot of pride in that because, you know, you want to do the best you can because this is, you know, we take a lot of pride in doing work for our clients and, you know, this is next level with, uh, with the firm. And so I think we all had a lot of pride in, in the work that we were doing as well. We felt excited for the opportunity. We were excited to meet new people along the way. Uh, initially we were super stoked about all the travel we were going to do, which all kind of, <laughs> And all the miles and how we were going to, you know, be super medallion travelers and with all the status and that all kind of went away. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't even want to think about how many miles we could have had. I think it would have been some sort of crazy level of status. But anyway, uh, talking about the the London trip, from what I remember, it, it started out a little bit bumpy, but ultimately ended up being really successful and, and you you got them to where they needed to be. So maybe elaborate on that and, and tell us a little bit more about how it went. Well, yeah, I mean, we were all pretty anxious going into the yeah. to that room. Um, you know, typically you you even when we do with clients like you know they've secured the license we're getting ready to start planning i mean these territories were they had had their business unit and they were like what is what is going on like are, are we going to need to hire yeah. and a third party we have our own salesforce team we can do our own implementation and the the secret to success with you know our journey with salesforce is we've kept everything about 80% standardized. That way we can, you know, manage reporting, manage the experience. And then that 20% is what's customized to the territory. And so before we could even get into the, you know, the welcome, the agenda, I mean, we, people were like, I can send a journey right now. Like we've already done this. We've already, you know, they were really angry. And so we had to spend a bit of time just getting everyone to air their frustrations. Um, and get that confidence and that trust in our team because they really were like, we've already seen this and we still don't have 
you know, marketing cloud functioning? What are you guys going to do different? And it was a tough position. Um, it, you know, it ended up, we, we really won them over. And I think because we did so much planning on how the, the days and the time spent was going to be, we, we were able to overcome that, but it was a tough, tough crowd. Yeah, for sure. It was an, uh, we, we already used the word auspicious once in the intro earlier, Nicole, but Great it was word. an auspicious start for sure in a couple of days, but uh, it ended up okay. And that's kind of how it all works with this project. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's really important to kind of say is it, no matter how stressed we were, um, it, it ended up okay. And I know that's not always the case, but I think it was the attitude of, of everyone just being like, Hey, we're, we're going to figure this out. And, and if it, if it goes bad in one meeting, we'll fix it in the next one. And, but we did, a, we did a lot of great planning. And I mean, a large part of that goes to some of, some of the other folks on the team who, who don't get all the credit, but, um, we, we did a fantastic job of, of making sure that we had the right things that we needed to say. But I think one of the things, and, and I don't want to get into this too much, cause I know we're going to, we're going to chat about the experience in, in a similar meeting with Calvin in our next episode. But I think that's something that we should definitely touch on is, is making sure that, you have the right people in the room. If it means you push something out a week, it means you push something out a week. Because I think later on, we really realize the importance of having that. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that goes back to, you know, how we talk about it starts with creating the movement and understanding why we are doing what we are doing and getting everyone aligned on the the North Star and, you know, not around implementing marketing cloud. And, you know, okay, so I'm live. I tell me what the journeys are. Show me how to build the journeys. And we're like, hang on, that's not what we're here to do. We're here to understand and align on why we are doing what we are doing, how marketing is going to work differently, how we are going to work differently. You know, what are the the key behaviors that we're driving here around, you know, a one firm experience, being insights led, you know, those sort of uh, t- discussions. And they were just like, don't bore us with that fluff. Yeah. Show us. Yeah, stop. But but that's so but important. It, you have to go slow to go fast. And they wanted to go fast. And they had already felt like they were being held back. And they they just were really frustrated. But I mean, I think we needed to hear them out and be respectful. Um, that's always the first thing is I, you know, they I needed to let them feel like we were listening and we we just stopped and we, you know, we didn't continue on the agenda. We weren't we didn't have excuses. We, uh, we listened, we made sure that we, you know, took notes or followed up on anything that, you know, I think that was the key thing, but then we went right back to what we're here to do. We're here to set the vision. We are here to talk about what the MVP is, um, that you're going to be getting. So that minimum viable product that we're going to put into your business unit, the number of journeys you're getting, the capabilities and functionality that you're going to get. We're going to talk about the different personas that we've drafted that you're going to need in your team to be a modern marketing team. Um, we're going to talk about the timeline and how we're going to work together. And so we just went right back and kept to, you know, our agenda. So we were flexible and adaptable to the environment, but we stuck to our guns and we didn't let them and their frustration scare us. Right. Yeah. And from my point of view, from the outside looking in, if you guys had not stuck to your guns, they didn't know it at the time. But what they were saying is, we know how to use the system. Give us the fill in the blanks and let us go. Well, where where they were probably going is, and it's a lot of organizations, when you're talking about email marketing, I'm going to use marketing terms for the marketing geeks that we so hope are listening. Um, 
they were doing batch and blast, right? Ready, fire, aim, right? And to your point about being insights led, you had to stay your course because if you didn't, you'd have a lot of territories that are still going on a philosophy of, okay, we've got X thousand subscribers. Let's send them this many emails a week and go. And it's all about in today's world, you know, personalization, a custom journey, you know, Mm -hmm. being insights led. And if you guys hadn't have stayed the course and taken the time to disarm them, I, I don't know if they would have heard that. And if you guys would have evolved the way you truly want to. Yeah. And in the room, we had varying levels of understanding, or at least they thought, right? The different levels of understanding. We had some people that didn't know anything and some people that thought they knew everything. And one of the first icebreaker kind of activities that we did, which I love, and uh, it's, you know, we had all the the marketing cloud uh, symbols and on the cards, remember, Mike? And yeah, we had them, yep. the journey activity, and we we printed out, uh, you know, the, the different decision splits and the email and response times and, and had them build, um, we gave them a scenario and we split them into teams and mixed up the territories. Um, and we had them, you know, they had to, I think it was an event uh, where Obama was coming to town. And it was an actual yeah. event that we had here in Canada where we had to plan for this, you know, Obama speaking and how we were going to, um, how we were going to promote that. And, um, and when they, you know, we took them away from their current situation and, and, and had them think about something, you know, an actual tangible example of how they could use the tool and um, and had them you know start to build out a journey. We realized that a lot of them didn't didn't know the functionality the way they thought they did. Um, we were able to talk about concepts of you know not making journeys too long, um, which was a great lessons learned that we had from some of the territories that had already gone live. You know, making a journey too complex that's not what you want to do. So and we got to talk about you know and I think that was one of our ways that we really qualified ourselves as you know earning the right to be there. And then they were ready to learn and they were ready to listen and and we were able to move on. But we had to kind of do that. We had to kind of almost validate our our reason for being there. But that was a great activity. And I'm glad we, we took the time to do that. Yeah. And while we made it work remotely, in, in retrospect, it was so key that we were able to, that just before the lockdown, we were able to do that first session face-to-face, right? To win some mm-hmm. hearts and minds before we had to go remote. Mm-hmm. That was so important. And I I don't know if it's because I'm kind of older school like that, but that in-person getting to know people, especially kind of once you're done having it out in the room and and you can go away, take a breather and and come back and have dinner together that night. It makes the the rest of the project just so much smoother. And and you, no matter how mad you get at somebody for, for something, you can always look back and say, ah, well, we had that time at that restaurant or during that break, we went and laughed about this. And, and it just creates that connection that can't be replicated when you're on a one hour call and then you disappear yeah. to the rest of your day. Yeah. Should we rewind? Because I don't think we really talked about how our team, like our actual team got a chance to get together because before we did these sessions, uh, you know, which we're referring to where we went in person and did the planning session with the territories, our team met, I think like maybe a month prior and we had never met each other. I mean, we, we didn't, some people knew each other, but we didn't know. And we had to quickly go from, hello, this is the team and here's our goals. And here's each person in the room. Cause half of us didn't know each other and why you were there mm-hmm. to quickly figuring out, okay, so what is going to be the core MVP? Uh, you know, the minimum viable product of assets that we're going to put in the business unit, how many journeys? Great. You know, what are we going to be able to do to get them, you know, quote live? 
how are we going to do these sessions? What were we, what was the agenda? What was the the objectives? And, um, and that kind of goes into the, the story that you told probably about Anthony and, you know, figuring out hours because we didn't know what we could use from Canada because they had recently gone live and they had a bunch of journeys that we could we could borrow. Yeah, I think we need to shout out to Canada real quick. Yes. Like they yes. were the the first pioneers with this at at PwC and they were the first ones to to go go first and and we we borrowed them a lot a lot of their time and yes. and we learned from and I think that's really important when it comes to to project here just because you want to do something your way doesn't mean you shouldn't consider what other people have learned already and and that was huge. So I think what I, I want to do is I think we should take a step back and, and we should really go back to the beginning um, where we met the Salesforce team for the first time. Nicole, all seven and, and of we, us, right? All, all, all 7,000 of you crammed into that little room Jeez. where we we were planning. The entourage. And, and, we were like, who are, oh, why, did these, why did these guys roll 20 deep? I don't understand. <laughs> Well, that was the best. It's like, I thought PwC rolled deep to meetings and then, and then we walked into that room and I was like, oh my God. Um, and I, I thought that was normal. Oh I was like, oh, well that makes sense. There, this is a global project. We need to have everyone. And there. I'm thinking cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. <laughs> where, where did you find from? Cha-ching. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was, that's probably my, uh, naivety. I don't even know if that's a real word, but I'm going to stick with You're it. Good. Uh, okay, good. All right. So yeah, I think, I think we should talk about that because Mike, we hadn't even been, we hadn't met you really yet. We were working with some of the the account managers and, and people that obviously own the relationship. And then um, I think we had one brief meeting before year end. I think it was in December that I, I don't think you were there for that yet. I can't remember. I was I think there for you the one did in the December. first one. In, yeah. You, you were there for the one in December. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think it'd be, you know, we joked about Tony and I think the second, it was the second meeting in January where we had the scope discussion, but yeah, the first discussion yeah. in December, we had a lot of um, sales staff there because we care about the PwC project as we should. Um, but it may have been a bit much, um, Nicole, I'll let you elaborate on that, but yeah, it's good to talk about. <laughs> I t- we talked earlier about getting the right people involved in the project. I, I think part B of that is then figuring out who fits where. And, um, you know, I think you were instrumental in sorting through that as well. And talk us through that first meeting and going from there and kind of figuring out who could play what role. Well, I mean, I needed, everyone has this crazy unique titles and just deciphering the titles. (laughs) I mean, we are, we are guilty as charged as well, but uh, trying to understand, you know, who was the core team and who were, you know, the surrounding players that were there for building relationships. And and we we get that because, you know, you do have account management and we are a large account for Salesforce. So that made sense. But we were there. We had a we had a job to do and we needed to go from, you know, a team that was forming to performing very quickly because we had we had territories that we needed to book time to meet with them. And, and you know, we met at initially end of December and we had promised the territories shortly in the new year, we would be out there and you would be going, you would be going live and, you know, all would be good. And we needed to get there fast. So I think, you know, we knew what we needed to do. We needed to understand each person and what their role was going to be on the project. I specifically needed to, when we did the CRM rollout, you know, we didn't use Salesforce for the implementation. We we, we did it in-house. So this was new to work and partner and learn the dynamics of working together, um, which was, you know, I think some of the challenges around storming, right? Uh, so 
getting to getting to know who was key, uh, who could, you know, help us to get what we needed figured out quickly. And really what we needed to do was to figure out what we were going to, what was going to be MVP. That was the, that was the main, main goal. We had a bucket of hours. We knew what we needed to do, but we didn't know what exactly was, you know, we didn't want to over deliver and turn on everything. And that was one of the, one of the core principles that when we did our CRM was we didn't overdo it. I mean, I think we just wanted to get basic functionality in there and be able to, you know, what are the main journeys that these territories are going to need? What's going to be the value we can deliver? And just figuring that out um, was the was the first step. And then understanding, okay, great. So now we know what MVP is, who's going to be on the team and delivering that and talking about what was realistic timelines. Yeah. I, uh, that was, that was really uh, a, a big moment. And, and, Funnily enough, I think the first we spent a little bit of time with those same cards that we later yeah, used we um, for the for the like the London and Australia sessions. But going through and saying, hey, like we need people to really understand what's the the basic level of of marketing that they need to to be able to do out of the gate. And what are some of the best practices that we've developed through trial with the Canadian firm um, doing it first? And and Mike, you you being the expert and all of us kind of. I mean, I, I remember being there being like, oh, yeah, like I, I, I know what I'm doing. And, and I really had no idea what any of the symbols meant at that point in time, because that was like the, the when we first started the project. And yeah, and it was it was great to have um, yourselves there to kind of guide us and, and be that expert and, and all of us working in the background trying to figure out how the best way that we can implement this across PwC. So it was a, it was a really good team effort. It was. And I think, you know, what we did and this is what we we always do is we you know, we're not thinking about the tech functionality. We're thinking about the use cases and the personas and the vision. And we, I mean, normally we would have had the luxury to spend a lot more time on that, but we didn't. And, but we still didn't skip it. We still didn't just go to like dumping in a bunch of things and, you know, trying to, you know, drive the the tech and then train on the tech. Um, it was about what's going to be able to deliver the most value for our marketers what does the business need? What sort of insights do they need? What sort of journeys will deliver those insights? And I think it was, you know, spending time talking about, I know we spent a lot of time with the cards, right? And we we even, you know, talked about specific campaigns that we run and certain insights that, you know, the thought leadership that we drive and, and what's global and what's local. And we did spend some time diving into that. You know, it was important to, um, you know, always be human centric and and thinking about the people we're solving for because we were behind the eight ball we needed to deliver the tech but we couldn't just plunk in something and it not be a value that would have been even worse so you know we needed to figure out how we were going to knock a home run very quickly um, and we had one shot so uh, lessons learned from our friends in Canada here and uh, the UK and the US who also shared I think we we learned from them and then we just tried to do what we could that was going to deliver the most value. So um, before we wrap up here, Nicole, and thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Welcome. And, uh, I'm jealous. I want to do more of these. Yeah, these are fun, <laughs> right? Uh, really cool. We were talking, we, Joel and I were at the top, we're talking about this is so much more fun than having a 
another PowerPoint deck, no offense to webinars and doing a webinar. Yes. But um, as we close, I think one thing we took from this is, as I asked you about earlier, and you were so instrumental in it. So this is all about people at the end of the day and learning how to relate to people and how to make things work with people. So if you don't mind, give us a brief mirror into who Nicole Wires is the person a little bit and tell us a little bit about you and uh, your lovely family, if you don't mind. Well, I am known as the meme queen. You are. Uh, I love making (laughs) memes out of uh, awkward situations and challenges that we've faced on the team. And I think that helps us to laugh a little bit through the pain. Um, So that is one thing we, uh, I love doing and I'm known for doing. I love any sort of t-shirt that we can put together and and get some swag going. So uh, just making it fun. But um, yeah, I... I am, I've been with PwC since 2012, um, came from the U.S. firm, moved to Canada. My husband's Canadian and we live here in Toronto and I have a three-year-old son who uh, is notorious for interrupting meetings and I think everyone knows who he is. He's quite the character. Um, and I have always, you know, been surrounded with technology and um, and specifically Salesforce. I've used Salesforce even in the earlier days when Salesforce was very tiny and, and ugly, um, right? Classic. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, some of my former colleagues I worked with uh, at a company in the U.S. called Intercall have moved over, and and I've I've had some paths overlap that have been like, hey, this person happens to know you from Intercall. We were uh, we were audio video web conferencing, we used Salesforce. So I knew Salesforce from the very beginning and um, I've always loved the platform and um, have always done a lot of work around, uh, you know, human centered design and, and people and, and digitally enable people and um, whether it's employees or customers or whatnot. And um, tech has always been one of those things that have, I'm not a tech, I'm not a techie, I'm not a technical person, but uh, <laughs> uh, by any means, no, no comment on that. One. Hey, I got this mic set up and I did a great job, but uh, I do love the challenge of, you know, large scale front office transformation and the fact that, you know, it can't be tech driven and that you can't, you cannot, you know, d- deny the, the people side of it. And I love that challenge. And I love that challenge of getting people's mindset to start thinking about uh, things differently. So that's kind of where I've fallen and found myself the past couple of years in that space, but it's a really exciting time. So Nicole, one thing that you you didn't touch on that I think is insanely important for um, projects and and overall career and life is the way that you support the people that that are on your team. And and I think we ran into so many issues or roadblocks or things on this project where we had competing opinions mm-hmm. of people we were working with and. I think one of the things that really led to the success of of our team was you supporting us and and empowering every single person from the top to the bottom yep. on if you have an opinion, you've done the work, you understand these are the reasons why and you can support it, you'd go to bat for us and and really that made it cuz we had a difficult job. We had we to did. try did. and make a a global a global vision and tailor it to individual territories and and not tailor it too much. And yeah. In that, that was a, that they had varying opinions on that. So I, I think that was so key to the success of, of this project as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I want to co-sign that, Nicole, before you respond and compliment you again. And hopefully it doesn't leave you too taken back. I think I've told you this, but um, one of the things that I came to tell very 
quick about you, which is very rare is, you know, um, it, consulting, and it's not a knock to anyone in the business, but it can be a very transactional business. Mm -hmm. What can you do for me? Mm -hmm. And you're one of the rare people in this business where I can tell, you know, a lot of, a lot of the people, including Joel, are going to go on to do big, great things, hopefully including this podcast for Joel. And I can tell you take great joy in that. And um, I wanted to really um, compliment you for that because it's rare in this business. Thank you. I uh, Wow, I'm going to stay on this podcast. This is more respect. I'm going to go downstairs <laughs> to make dinner and I'm going to not get any respect. So this is, I'm like really relished in, in this uh, conversation, but um, thank you. Yeah, I, you know, I... I take from people that I work with, you know, leaders and partners that I've, you know, PwC, I've, I've come, I've worked with a lot of great leaders and, you know, you, you take from each of those projects and form your own style of leadership. And, um, I've always believed in, you know, everyone respectfully voicing their opinion. I'm about getting to the right answer, not being right. Um, I don't want to be right. I don't need to be right. I, I want to get to the right answer. And if that comes from an, you know, a senior associate that just walked in or an associate that just walked on the project and is like, why are you guys doing this? We could do it like this. Then yes. And giving that person credit, I think, you know, making sure that you build the team up along the way and with trust and, you know, guidance and, and coaching, because if I can, if I can help to grow you and your career and your interests and you're a part of my team, I grow. And I grow my team and you need to start thinking about how you're going to build a team of people that, you know, know how to work together, that bring individuality. And it makes your job easier when, you know, you have people on there that you can trust. I'm not having to, you know, micromanage or, you know, I, I, I sleep at night because I know, you know, Joel's doing this and I've worked with Joel and he's going to do exactly the way that, you know, I would have done it and he's going to put his flair and spin on it and it's going to be awesome. Um, and so I think, you know, you really have to focus on how you're going to grow the people on your team and, um, and make sure that, you know, you trust them and they trust you. And I would never, you know, throw anybody under the bus. I'm not exactly a pushover. I mean, people that know me, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty tough and I'll quickly tell you how I feel, but, you know, I'm always try to be, you know, a nice person and try to uh, make sure that I'm thinking about it from your point of view and understanding where you're coming from. And uh, I think that's, you know, how we kind of always seem to end up with good teams and people that are having a good time doing their best work. Yeah, I think that's that's key. Yeah, like I said, it's it's not an accident. There's no question about it. Awesome. Well, Nicole, I, I as much as I would love to to keep chatting with you, I, I know you you have uh, things that you need to do, and and we um, really really appreciate your time coming on and joining the first ever episode of Launch Hour Podcast. So yes. thank you, thank you so much for for joining us, and we'll uh, we'll see you. Maybe maybe you never know. We might have another episode where you come on and. And we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I should come on and, and do the episode where we just make sure everything everybody says is honest and, you know, how it really happened, what really happened, the behind the scenes kind of discussion, right? Like the the real. We need What we need is, I think what we do is we do a reunion episode if things are better yeah. at some point here in Chesterton in my beer shed, as it's so lovingly called. And we do a happy hour kind of a yes. swamp squad unplugged. I like it. 
I would love to, I would love to all be in person and be able to to chat through and tell the stories. And I don't know if PwC or Salesforce would put their stamp on that one, but yeah. I think it would be it would be worth it. That would be cool. Thanks, Nicole. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So a big thank you again to Nicole. Um, that was that was a fantastic interview for those who obviously the listeners that have never met Nicole. She's a fantastic person to work with. She's actually also my coach or, or mentor at PwC officially and and has quickly become a close friend. So um, getting to, to chat with her on our first ever episode was pretty special. Yeah, she set the bar really high, didn't she? I mean, um, I honestly, thank you so much, Nicole, um, to start off this endeavor. Um, that was that was exactly what we were looking for out this out of this podcast. You know, we wanted to get to the real, so to speak. That's how the kids talk these days, right? So I think it was great <laughs> from that point of view. So what do we got on tap for our next episode, man? I'm pumped. I know, I know, and and this is this is pretty cool because. We're gonna go all the way across the world now. Um, we're gonna go to to Calvin Yo, who is a, I mean, we first met this time last year and and preparing for our trip down to to actually I learned later it's I, I usually say Mel Melbourne but it's Melbourne. I was quickly corrected <laughs> when um, when we got there for the first time. It was hey, it's 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 Melbourne. Oh, okay, all right. And um, he he's. An, an unbelievable human. Um, the reason that the Australia firm had so much success is there is a massive percentage due to to him and um, being able to to bring him on for our next um, guest is is an, is an honor and a privilege. So we are. I think the episode is is titled "Across the Pond and Down Under." Who needs socks? So <laughs> I, I won't go into too much detail on on what that means. We'll we'll leave you hanging and. Um, Thank you very much for spending the first time with us. Um, I'm I'm very very excited to to go on to the next episode with you. So one thing that we do want to get is for those that are engaged and those that are interested. Um, Mike is a is a big technical expert. We have a lot of experience uh, globally with this project, so we really want to hear from you. Um, are there certain things that you want to hear from us? Are there topics that you want to hear about? Um, we have a dedicated mailbox where you can email. Um, it's gbl underscore launch underscore hour at pwc.com. And um, obviously we wouldn't be cool if we weren't on social media. So Mike, how can they how can they chat with us on, on social media? Yeah, so what we came up with, because it's shorter than Salesforce and we're certainly not gonna make you do Salesforce and PwC, do hashtag PwC launch hour and hit us up using that hashtag on both Twitter and LinkedIn. One of the great things, again, we love about this format is that we are doing a five episode series here and we want to hear from you. What do you want to hear more about? Do you want to hear more about batch and blast email? I kind of doubt it, but maybe you do. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And Joel, if they want to catch us on the web, why don't you go ahead and give them a shout on where they can find us on the web and beyond the notes for in their favorite podcast app. Yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously we're going to be on, depending on where you're hearing us for the first time, you could be on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We also have a splash page. So it's pwcpodcast.splashthat.com. So um, lots of information on who our guests are, what the next episode will be. If you've missed an episode, you can find it there. And then take a look at some things like other PwC or Salesforce podcasts, because there's a lot of great content out there and it's just waiting for you to find it. 
So with that, Mike and I, thank you very much for listening. We're, we're glad you made it this far and, and please reach out, ask us lots of questions. Hopefully we, we sound like nice people because we definitely want to hear from you and, and uh, looking forward to the next one. See you guys down the road. Talk soon. Bye.